Okay, so welcome back to another week with your scholarly sisters. It has been a bit of an event this week, quite a nice one. An eventful time. It has been. I mean, yesterday, precisely. Yesterday, precisely, was big. It was a special eventful time because I had, finally, my PhD graduation. Yay, it's official. She walked stage. She didn't trip. (laughs) No, she didn't trip. I was shaking like a leaf. It's such a weird feeling, isn't it? It really is. Like, Joe, my partner for our listeners, was like, you you lecture, so this is nothing. I'm like, no, this is like a really vulnerable place to be in front of all these people across the stage. And it's literally five seconds of your life. But I was shaking like a leaf. And because you work with Roehampton, where I graduated from, Meg was on the stage. I was on the stage. I was part of the academics sitting on the stage, which was so weird. That was also my first time doing that. And it was so funny that I got to do it for your graduation. Um, So I got to see Katie up close and personal walking across the stage, (laughs) which was great. Um, But it is so nerve wracking sitting in that particular graduation procession I think because it was so it's a lovely venue it was at the South Bank Centre in London gorgeous venue stunning better than wherever I've graduated before including a church in central Luton and then the corn exchange in Bedford yeah a stark difference to our a stark difference yeah (laughs) but It made it even more nerve wracking, I think, because of just how big the place is and how everyone's sort of teared up and they're looking down on you. I could not be like a stage performer or anything. I mean, when I was like getting ready to walk, I did not acknowledge, I didn't look at the crowd of people just staring at me because the fun thing for me, I was first. You were first. Everyone, it was me first the whole time I'm walking across it's like don't fall don't fall don't fall I was in a long dress I was in heels no but we didn't trip it was fine I did get my little gowny hood thing stuck on the railing on the way down the stairs but thankfully that was less noticeable did you not see me I didn't see that I didn't (laughs) see that that's really funny Joe videoed me and there was a video of me literally get my arms stuck and I quite flamboyantly I just like no and like whip my arm back and then you hear the like, top of my heels coming down the stairs I'm like that's so embarrassing. <laughs> that's funny but do you know what made it a thousand times more nerve-wracking was that it was being live streamed to the Roehampton YouTube account. That did not need that did not need to happen that was that was worse. And the whole time Obviously, I was facing the audience the whole time. I could just see Katie's fiance, brother, mum, and dad, and I could see them because they were sat in a distinct place right on the end of the first row of the audience. And I could, I was just catching them the whole time, and they were all just sat there. It was really funny. It was um, amazing, and this you clap. It's a whole hour long ceremony. My wrists hands so all the clapping you have to do the cheering you get you get fatigued 
Do you know what for me was worse than the clapping? It was having to smile the entire time. Yeah, I was I so happy it. for everyone. <laughs> but obviously eyes are on us the entire time. So it's the the constant smile for a whole hour pretty yeah. much which really hurt my cheeks the next day. Got you some stretches but no, it was good. It was really nice. We're both exhausted today that makes it sound like we went on a an absolute rager last night we didn't we were home <laughs> by like 11 o'clock we had one free glass of champagne champagne and then left I left and went for some food with my family and joe's family and us together and it was very lovely had good italian food and then i came home and that was quite nice because we had work this morning so given it was a wednesday Life did not yeah. stop. Taught my lovely first years this morning. Nice. And yeah, that's it. Teaching for the week done. And you're getting ready to head off on a little trip this weekend. Very whistle stop tour of uh, Madrid. I am indeed off to Madrid again. A friend of mine lives there. So try to go and see her for her birthday, which was this week as well so yeah all go 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 at the moment it is it doesn't feel like it's stopping and I guess that leads us into what we're kind of looking at today and if anyone saw the post we put out earlier this week it's all about academic burnout and just feeling I guess that constant level of tiredness and it's something we've both definitely experienced throughout specifically the PhD we probably did an undergrad and master's but I had no real understanding or idea of what that was it wasn't something I sort of heard about until I was in the PhD and it's something that yeah I for sure experienced and I still do especially in this new job which is very mm. very intensive full-time academia full-time lecturing burnout is something that I had not prepared myself for I really thought that after the PhD it would go which is probably looking back a, a really really naive silly thing to think because they work so hard and how would they not get burnt out but I don't know I just assumed that that would be where it ended and I would it would be all kind of rainbows and unicorns um <laughs> moving forward it's not rainbows and unicorns job is absolutely amazing but there are so many other things that just cause you to be burnt out I think aside from the teaching yeah the teaching is the bit I I love it's something I've always loved so that I always look forward to the teaching but it is the admin it is then trying to balance publications and additional research mm. and all the things that we kind of want to get done on top of admin marking external moderation internal moderation packed mm. like we wear so many different hats mm. we have to wear them a lot of the time all at the same time and it can be quite hard to find the balance and I have definitely felt burnt out this week it was very grateful to have that day off yesterday because of the grad but if for anyone that doesn't really know what burnout kind of is it's this sort of sense of a just being really tired all the time 
you have a lack of motivation, you can get brain fog. And for me, the biggest one I always felt was feeling guilty. If I ever stopped doing PhD work to even go to the cinema, I would feel like crap, essentially. I'd feel so shitty. Mm, yeah, me too. I I had such a battle with this. And I remember I remember the feeling of wanting to do everything that I would normally do. So for example, seeing friends, going you know, to all the social events that you're invited to. And then there came a point where I just physically couldn't go. There was no way I could go to something and I had to say no. And honestly, it felt awful at the time. Although now it has taught me that I can say no to things and not feel guilty about it. So there are good lessons that come from it, but it's a really hard thing to get your head around and happens in every single profession, I'm pretty sure. I all of my friends that are working I know experience this and sometimes you just need to take a step away and you can't take a step away particularly in our jobs where you're teaching and you have to teach and you can't just leave your students high and dry and you just have to get through the get through the semester and then you get your break. It is a welcome one I guess that is the nice thing we I say we get a break we do get a break from the teaching side and the responsibilities that come with that but that's usually when we start picking up the other side of being an academic and it's having to publish or it's having to do other bits and bobs and they're nice things but trying to find the time to get those done can be difficult but yeah the PhD brought me a lot of burnout especially the feeling of guilt and I really struggled to say no to academic side of things I had to like you kind of switch off the socialization which made me feel worse because mm. there's nothing worse than being kind of feeling like you're trapped inside or trapped in this like little bubble and you haven't got yeah. anything to talk through things with obviously we've always been quite lucky we've had one another going through the same stuff but it was just a time of being like really easily overwhelmed and I was very like irritable so pissy the smallest of things <laughs> <laughs> it make me just rage because I was like I have so much work to do and I feel guilty for not doing it and Joe's like take a break I'm like go away <laughs> do not talk to me nobody <laughs> look at me stop <laughs> breathing <laughs> why are you breathing so loudly <laughs> why are you yeah it's um it's definitely a huge learning curve and I think but I think what is really good and really powerful is when you recognise it in yourself, because you can then just say to people, OK, I'm going through something at the moment. I've got a deadline coming up that I need to finish. I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of unresponsive for, you know, a few weeks. And people understand people who people who love you will always understand. And I think that's the main thing to take away from it is that you will come out the end and when you come out the end you can make the the missed time up um it's a hard one though because you see loads of things that say okay you know I don't know if you died tomorrow your job would repost the job advert within 48 hours and 
but you don't get the time back with family and friends. But then with a PhD, you're often on this timeline and you have a time crunch and you have a deadline to meet and the deadline doesn't just keep extending. It very much has an end point. So you do, I found myself battling with that, the the wanting to meet the deadline, needing to meet the deadline in order to get the damn thing, but also knowing and fully believing in the sense of work doesn't always need to come first. No, it's that fine balance and it's really hard to get and I, I still haven't got it down. I hope I get it one day, but I don't know if I honestly ever will I've taught a session before on well-being and I literally wrote out a full 24-hour day and there's me going I'm like you guys need to get balance right <laughs> out my day and I looked at them I went I don't have balance but you guys should get it <laughs> yeah I had a set like took a step back I was like wow like the way I spend 24 hours sometimes is like ridiculous I haven't got balance at all it's like either one or the other I really easily can procrastinate or I'll throw myself into work and then not blink for six hours straight yeah I feel that we've just blurted out how we feel and all of our burnout and really we don't have any solutions for anyone we are still figuring out as we as we go but this podcast is not about us telling you and fixing you and fixing all of your problems it's it's really about sometimes just making you feel a little less alone in the things that you're going through and just to know we're feeling it too yeah it's not just you you're not alone in this like there was some research done by the World Health Organization um, back in 2019 and it said that you know there was a lot of people who felt it and they recognized burnout as an occupational phenomenon so it's no surprise so many of us feel this and go through this and I guess what would be is useful is to think about the ways that we might have dealt with it so for me it's I try and get outside, like being out for like a walk and just taking time, just in some fresh air. Like granted, I'm still thinking about work. I'm probably still taking notes, but just to get some fresh air does make me feel a lot better. And I've tried to get in a habit of taking regular breaks. That is something that is suggested and, you know, getting mm-hmm. enough rest and setting reasonable boundaries like I'm still learning that for sure like with work at the moment setting boundaries and trying to balance the time and just being honest if something is you know overwhelming whether that's in your career your academic life your undergraduate masters your PhD your personal life Mm. being okay with just being open and honest I know that's a really vulnerable place to be but it can also be quite empowering just to say actually I don't know how I'm gonna manage that I could do with some extra support yeah saying no is a big one for me that I'm starting to do more I think another one for me though is prioritizing my sleep if I don't get enough sleep I can't I cannot function well the next day I'm I find it hard to have conversations. I mean, this now I'm finding really difficult because I feel so tired. Um, Other things like 
when I was doing the PhD, I, I, I love to read for fun. I love to read for pleasure. All kinds of different genres. I love it. When I did the PhD, for the majority of the PhD, I told myself I wasn't allowed to read for pleasure. I wasn't allowed to read for fun because I felt immense guilt at the fact that I wasn't reading journal articles and books and policy and all that really great stuff. Um, <laughs> They're really I felt really guilty. And I look back now and I think, what an idiot. Yeah, because reading is one of my outlets. It's it is one of those hobbies that if you enjoy it, I know not everyone enjoys it, but it really takes you away from reality and it's an escape from your reality. Not that your reality is bad. My reality is amazing. I love it. But in order to disassociate from it for a while and fully relax I find reading is one of the best things I can do exercise yeah but even when I'm exercising I'm thinking about work when I'm reading for fun I'm just thinking about the plot I'm thinking about what could happen next my brain is working in a different way to the way it usually works and I can't believe I gave that up for three years Oh, I know. I remember when you you've spoken about it before, and the amount you read now, like you've really thrown yourself back into it, is is incredible. I love reading as well, but I often sort of save it for when I go on holiday, and I'll pick up a really cheesy rom com from a couple of my favourite authors, and I will read them, and I will read cover to cover in about a day. And Joe's like, "How have you got through that so quickly?" I'm like, "Because I don't do it any other time." Just give me a good book. So I should take a leaf from yours and probably pick that up a little bit more. It's just habit, though. And I would what I find hilarious is that I would I told myself I couldn't read, but then I would scroll on Instagram for an hour before bed as my downtime. Now, that's that is downtime. Yeah, it is. But it wasn't my excuse wasn't was wasn't really kind of valid because I did have the time to read I could have made the time to read but I just told myself that I felt too guilty if I did read anything other than a really hard academic piece of writing and that's a do regret that yeah it has been hard and it's as we say, we're still navigating many of the things we talk about. We're still making our way through it. And we may end up being like this forever as we <sighs> plot our way through it all. But as Meg said, the purpose of the podcast isn't to fix things. And sometimes it isn't always to offer the guidance, but it is to say you're not alone. And we're through that journey and we still experience things or we experience them during it and while they're not fun it academic burnout is normal you're not alone in it but I do recommend just speaking to people whoever is in your close circle just talking it through like with anything can be really beneficial and choosing your outlets and engaging in them when you can can be quite nice (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I think on that note, to avoid any less, any less, see, my brain is not functioning anymore. <laughs> any more burnout. We will. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll wrap it up. We've really just rambled on about how stressed we're feeling which is not fun um so we apologize for that but hopefully it made you feel a little bit less alone and if it did that then if it did that for one person then that's good enough for me I'll be happy and if you are feeling any kind of way you know reach out to us if you ever do want to chat things through if that would be helpful we're always available through our Instagram you can find us there and send us you know things tips. that you want us to talk about send us tips send us any dilemmas you're going through we would be more than happy to discuss on the next episode which we'll be with you in a couple of weeks but thank you so much for taking the time to listen and we'll catch you soon 